0: That wasn't very good. Come on now. Good morning. good morning. All right, that's better. Welcome to Burlington Baptist. We're so glad that you're here this morning. Looking forward to uh just a good morning to worship the Lord. It's been a beautiful week, and uh, we had an awesome craft fair yesterday. And appreciate all those who came out and helped with that. Uh, you guys do an awesome job with that. Uh This month we're c- collecting for the Eliza Broadus uh, offering that goes to support mission work here in Kentucky. Church plants and all kinds of things, disaster relief, and uh, if you'll give to that, we'd appreciate it. I I think our goal is four thousand, and I think we're around three thousand, and so uh, we have another week or so to give to that. Uh, This Saturday night, we're having a a movie, uh, Overcomer, at six thirty. We're going to have food trucks Uh, that'll be over by the activity center, and uh, the movie starts at seven. Uh, But we'd love for you to come out and uh, watch a movie. It's going to be a pretty night, I think, maybe a little cool. Uh, anyway, uh, that's this Saturday night, and uh, I think that's it. I'm going to invite you to stand. Uh, I'm going to read Romans one sixteen and 17, kind of as a call to worship, and we'll pray, and Danny will lead us, and we'll sing to the Lord this morning. If you're a guest with us, I want to say a special welcome to you, and uh, we have a, a, a First Steps desk out there. Is that what it's called? First, First Impressions, yes. My mind is gone this morning. First impressions desk, and there's a beautiful lady out there. Uh, you tell her I sent her, and she might give you a nice gift or something. Her name's Jenny, and she's my wife. I, the, and Laura, Laura, she's a sweet lady too out there. And so uh, let's read this before I get in trouble. <laughs> for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And Father, we come this morning and we thank you for the gospel, the gospel that we have heard, that we have believed in, that has changed our lives, uh, that has brought us into your family, and uh, we want to live by faith. And uh, we want to lift up our voices this morning and proclaim and uh, praise Jesus. Bless our praise team and and Danny as, as they lead us this morning. Thank you that we can gather this morning. And uh, Lord, we acknowledge our great need for you. Uh, We pray your healing for our nation. We pray your presence and power to go forth this morning. Uh, Bless those who are watching online. Encourage their hearts this morning. And we pray that Christ will be glorified. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well,
1: good morning to everyone. Uh, While you're standing, take a minute and uh, you can go ahead and take your time and yell at somebody and tell them that you are happy to see them. There's some space this morning. Uh, Don't move around too much, but yell at them and tell them you're happy to see them this morning. Join us uh, in a word of prayer over our offering this morning, Lord. We just thank you so much for this opportunity to be in your house, Lord. And we just uh, we just thank you for the th- ways that you're blessing this church. Lord, we just got a lot of uh, a lot of needs in the church uh, and a lot of uh, our members of our, our community and our family. Lord, are just uh, uh, fighting different news and, and medical things. Lord, we just want to lift them up to you this morning, and, and we just want to uh, bless uh, all the offering, both this one and the one for the missionaries, Lord. That um, that we just use that in a, in a way that's just uh, pleasing to you. We'll be with Brother Harold this morning as he brings our message and uh, be with us as we continue through our day and through our week. In Jesus' name we pray.
2: i Your praise will
1: ever be on my
0: lips,
1: ever be on my lips. Amen. You guys have a seat.
0: Amen. Thank you for that. He's, he's worthy of our praise. Amen. All right. I've been Matthew chapter 7 this morning, and uh, we're going to conclude a series called Can't Be Doing That, Preventing the Spread of Cultural Christianity. And I'm going to ask the question this morning, how can I know if I'm a cultural Christian? And uh, and so for several weeks we talked about uh, characteristics of cultural Christians. They, they often want to look like a Christian on Sunday and like the world the rest of the week. So they're more concerned about outward appearance than they are a, a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, they're not willing to make too many sacrifices or commitments to follow Christ. They think good people go to heaven and they think that they're themselves to be good and we said that the problem with cultural Christianity is that it's not biblical Christianity and sadly we as the church have sometimes been a part of the problem Uh, sometimes we've watered down the gospel and said things like well just say this prayer or get baptized instead of telling people what it means to follow Jesus uh, we've not helped people take the next step in their spiritual growth we've had low church expectations and and uh, we've said that there's a difference between an, an admirer of Jesus and a follower of Jesus. And so before we conclude this series, I, I just thought we needed to, uh, to answer the question, how do I know if I'm a cultural Christian or not? And so uh, Matthew chapter 7, I, I'd love for you to stand one more time. And uh, we'll honor God's word by looking at verses 13 through 14. And Jesus is going to tell us about two ways. And uh, we get to choose which road that we're on this morning, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Let's pray. Father, we just want to acknowledge today that we need your help. We need your spirit to open our ears and our hearts this morning. Lord, my prayer is that if there's anyone in this room or listening online who is on a broad road that leads to hell, that this morning that they'll see the, the caution flags and the warning signs, and they'll hear uh, from your word this morning, and, and and Spirit, I pray that you'll pierce their hearts and, and show them the way to the, the narrow road, which is through Jesus. I, I pray that no one will be... Uh, Come to faith in Jesus and trust him as their only hope of eternal life. Lord, you have to do that. You have to uh, open our ears and our hearts. And I pray you would do that. I, I pray for uh, any distractions that would, they would be removed for the next few minutes, that we could clearly hear the gospel and that uh, you would fight for us against the schemes of the enemy and uh, that you would save someone this morning. That's that's our Strongest prayer this morning is that someone would get off the road to destruction and be on the road that leads to life eternal through Jesus, and I pray in His name, amen. You can be seated, and I just want to say Jesus tells us that our decision to follow Him will have eternal consequences, and He lays out before us uh, two choices. There are two gates, there's the narrow gate, which is Jesus, and there's the wide gate, there are two roads. Uh, there's the the, the broad wo- road that leads to death. There's the the narrow road, the narrow way, which is through faith. There are two destinations. One is life and heaven. Uh, the other is destruction and in hell. There are two groups. There are the few, and there are the bro- there are the many. And uh, so the narrow gate, I think, describes genuine Christians, and the 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 broad road, uh, the many is cultural Christians. And so I want to start this morning by saying that many are on the wide road that leads to destruction. Many. Many are on the wide road that leads to destruction. I used to uh, teach a a college class on Christian worldview, and in that class I heard and and sometimes people wrote about different views on what people think that it takes for someone to to go to heaven. And, And so let me give you some characteristics of the wide road mentality. And uh, I, w- I want you to know what some people consider, uh, especially cultural Christians, it takes to go to heaven. Uh, first of all, some people think that all roads and all religions lead to God. That's called pluralism. And uh, basically they believe that you can be a Muslim, a, a Buddhist, a Hindu, a, a Mormon, a Jehovah Witness, whatever else. It doesn't matter because all religions ultimately lead to God. Now, we know there's lots of problems with that. The biggest problem is that it makes Jesus the biggest liar the world has ever known because he said, I'm the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so the truth is that there are many people who are climbing a ladder of religion and they're going to find out one day that that ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Secondly, many Christians, many cultural Christians, I don't want to say Christians, many, many people, many cultural Christians, think that if they're good outweighs their bad then they're going to heaven. It's a works road. It's a, a good deeds road. It's a, it's a scales road. The, uh, the the Muslims hold to this that there's a divine scale and if you're good outweighs your bad then God's going to let you in and and yet we don't find that in scriptures anywhere and God's standard is in Matthew 5:48 where he says you therefore must be perfect. You must be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. If you're going to try to be good enough then the standard is perfection and Listen, I want you to hear me this morning. If you're trusting your good deeds, you're right in the center of the broad road that leads to hell. Thirdly, many people think God wouldn't really send anybody to hell. and uh, But I want you to know, Jesus speaks more about hell than anybody else in the scriptures because he knows that it's real. Uh, Jesus wouldn't talk about a gate to a place that didn't exist. The The Bible describes hell. Jesus describes hell as a place where the the fire is not quenched, where the worm dieth not, a place of eternal torment and darkness. Uh, if there's no hell, why in the world did Jesus come and die? Why would he have to do that? Uh, John three seventeen: For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, uh, but that the, in order that the world might be saved through him. Verse 18 says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And so the Bible says that all have sinned. All of us have sinned to fall short of the glory of God. It says that the wages of sin is death. It says that God will by no means clear the guilty. And, and church, we're the guilty. And so what destination does the wide road take us to? What well, tells us there in verse 13, destruction. And that word destruction it refers to ultimate, eternal judgment in hell. And listen, it's it's easy to choose the broad road. You just go with the crowd. Those who enter by it, those who enter by the, the wide road or the gate are many. Church, listen, you just can't add Jesus to your life. Or it's not about just going to church or feeling religious and self-righteous. Unless you enter through the narrow gate. And that narrow gate is trusting in Jesus Christ alone. Unless you enter through that gate, you are on a broad road that leads to destruction. I I want you to know that. I want to warn you this morning. And so while many are on the wide road that leads to destruction, listen, few are on the narrow road that leads to life. Verse 14, the gate is narrow. The way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And so here's the truth. The gate of the kingdom of God is narrow. And I know people will say, well, Christianity just doesn't leave much room for anyone else's view of salvation. And listen, church, that's exactly right. God only gave us one way for man to be saved. If if God had given us ten ways to be saved, I'd preach all ten of them. But he didn't. There's one way. It's it's through Jesus. And verse 14, Jesus says, those who find it are few. Now, that begs the question, Why? Why is there few? Why do only a few people find the narrow gate or the narrow road? And I'm going to try to give you an honest answer to that. Listen, first of all, few are sharing the way. And that's on us. We're we're often a a bunch of lazy, uncaring, selfish sheep. And uh, we don't like to tell others how to find forgiveness of their sins and eternal life in heaven through Jesus. We don't share the gospel. Some people... Christians have this uh, I'm in attitude. It's kind of like, well, I'm in. I've heard the gospel. I've responded to the gospel. And if they get in, that's fine with me. This don't bother me. Or that's the pastor's job. Or I'm not an evangelist. Or or that's not my concern. Here's the problem with all that. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. And the voice of the shepherd, the voice of Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. And, and the voice of the shepherd says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The shepherd is always sending us out with the gospel. And so if we're his sheep, we hear his voice and we, we respond. Paul asks a, a sobering question in Romans ten fourteen. He says, how can they believe on him and whom they haven't heard? And and how can they hear? How can they hear? How can they call? First of all, he says, how can they call on someone they haven't believed in? And how can they believe unless they hear? And how can they hear unless someone preaches? Unless someone goes and proclaims the gospel, they, they won't hear. They won't believe. And so listen, I I want you to hear me this morning. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And he offers salvation today to those who will turn from their sins and believe upon Jesus. I, I want you to know that. And if you're saved, I want you to share that. The second reason that only a few are on the narrow road that leads to life is many don't know the way. Many have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now I know we live here in the Bible Belt, and it's, it's it's sometimes it's hard to believe that there's some people don't know the way. But uh, I, I, if I, I, first of all, I don't know if people in our churches actually believe that those who have never heard the gospel are going to hell. Do, do we believe that? Do you all believe that? Did you know that rejecting Jesus isn't what sends a person to hell? It's it's being a sinner. The wages of sin is death. It's our sin that sends us, th- we're all sinners, we're all on that road, we all start out on that road, and so the truth is man's a sinner and he's on the broad road that leads to destruction and and uh, you know every December we make a big deal of the lot of Christmas offering because we know that it goes to support missionaries who are going to uh, internationally to the world and they're taking the gospel because we believe that apart from Jesus, people are on a broad road that leads to hell, and many of them have never heard the gospel. Listen. If I thought that they were safe and not going to hell just because they never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, we we wouldn't send anything to Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. We wouldn't send. Any, we'd bring them home. We'd hire security guards to keep them out of the out of the land. Because if you're innocent, if you've never heard, then that'd be the worst thing we could do is take missionaries there. No, we believe people are sinners going to hell, and Jesus is the, the answer. Listen. Without Christ, people are dying and going to a Christless eternity. So let's make sure we get this truth. People who have never heard about Jesus will spend eternity in hell, and their blood will be on our hands because the Lord told us to go to the nations. And instead, we built our big buildings, and we got our comfortable seats, and we have thousands of dollars in our bank accounts, and we're not sending missionaries to take the good news, and we're not going ourselves. Now you say, Preacher, how can you be certain that Jesus is the only way to salvation? Well, we look to the We believe the Scriptures. Acts four twelve. Nor is there salvation in any other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby a man must be saved. John fourteen. Jesus says fourteen six. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. John ten seven. Jesus said, I'm the door to the sheep. Verse nine. He says I'm the door, and if anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. Paul said in First Timothy two five. There is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man the the man Jesus Christ. There's 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 a ton of scriptures that tells us that Jesus is the way he's the only way of salvation and the the way is narrow and there are no alternatives. And listen, God is our creator. He created the heavens and the earth and he has the right to determine the basis of our salvation. And he has determined that it is through Jesus Christ and him alone. And so Jesus, listen to me, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Word difficult in verse 14. Narrow. Flebo is the the word. It's best translated as narrow or difficult. Jesus says, I mean, he just lays it out there. It is difficult to enter the narrow gate. And I know that that shocks some people sometimes because we always hear about how easy it is to be saved. And listen, uh, all you have to do is just believe or your hand or fill out the the card or walk the aisle and the problem is is that when people think that they'll be saved by doing those things they might very well be on the wrong road because they're not going through the narrow gate and so it it might startle you this morning I don't believe in it's easy to be saved I, I don't believe in cheap grace or easy believism. I even disagree with some of the revivalist approaches. It says raise your hand or walk the Nile or sign a card or you're in. Listen, Jesus says those who find it are few. I didn't say that. And it makes us a little bit uncomfortable. But Jesus said it. I, I'm just a delivery boy. That's what he said. If you turn over to Luke chapter 13, Jesus, it, Jesus, Luke 13 uh, verse 22, it says that Jesus was going from towns and villages teaching and journeying towards jerusalem and uh 22 he went on his way through towns and villages teaching and someone said to him lord will those who are saved be few Uh, he was teaching and preaching to a lot of people and a lot of them would turn and go on back home and one of them said "Is, is it are those who are saved few and he said verse 24 strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and not be able. That word strive there in the Greek is age, Azimo. It means to agonize. Uh, Paul uses it in 1 Corinthians 9 to talk about an athlete who agonizes to win the race. First Timothy 6.12, it's, it, it's translated as fight. In other words, the, the Lord said that going through the narrow gate is agonizing. It demands fervent striving. Uh, so, so you you don't become a Christian just because you raised your hand and walked in. Now, the, the kingdom is for those who seek it with all their hearts. But what does Jesus mean to to strive, to agonize, to enter through the narrow gate? He, he means your hearts need to be shattered over your sinfulness. You go back to the Sermon on the Mount. You must come poor in spirit. Realizing that spiritually you're bankrupt, you must mourn over your sins, Matthew 5, 5. You must hunger and thirst for righteousness, verse 6. It's for those who long for God to change their lives. It's not for people who come half-heartedly, unrepentantly, and and want Jesus without altering their lifestyles. Listen, there's not going to be any fence straddlers in heaven. Some contenders for the faith, and I believe we have many pretenders in the faith, and there's a difference. And uh, I, as preachers, we're supposed to feed the sheep, and part of the problem is there's way too many goats who just want to be entertained. You know, the sheep sheep don't get too aggravated when the services go long because they're hungry, and God knows the difference between His sheep and His goats, and. I think one of Satan's biggest lies, his favorite lies is it's so easy to become a Christian. But it's not. You have to go through the narrow gate. You have to go by yourself. You have to go agonizing over your sinfulness, broken in spirit over your sin. It's it's when you come with the broken spirit that, that you recognize that you can't enter heaven on your own. Uh, it's it's when you fall upon the grace of God And you hear the voice of the Good Shepherd, uh, and He invites you to come and enter through the gate. And in your brokenness, His power becomes your strength, and His power becomes your resource. Listen, this narrow gate, uh, I I got to thinking about a turnstile. You know, when you go through a turnstile, and you, you know one thing you can't do is you can't bring your luggage with you when you go through a turnstile. You know, it won't let you. You can't bring nothing with you. I mean, it just... It's impossible. Listen, the narrow gate won't let you bring your worldly luggage with you. We looked at Matthew 19 just a few weeks ago. The rich young ruler, he came to Jesus, and Jesus is the gate, and he's the door. And and he came to Jesus in Matthew 19, 16, and he said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, Well, just repeat after me, or just raise your hand. No, he didn't say any of that, did he? No, he went right to the heart of the problem. In verse 21, If you will be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give to the poor. You see, the the young man, he was trying to get through the narrow gate with his baggage of his riches. And he also had some baggage of self-righteousness. He'd already said that he kept all the commands. And because this rich young ruler couldn't get through the narrow gate with his money and through his self-righteousness, he wouldn't strip himself of the luggage. And it says in verse 22 that he went away sorrowful. I hope you're here this morning and say, "I, I want to be. I want to go through the narrow gate, preacher." How? Well, first of all, come with a repentant heart. beginning of Mark, uh, Mark records Jesus's early ministry and. Mark 14 it says that Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, and he was saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. You must come with a repentant heart, and repentance is a, a change of mind that results in a change in one's actions. Repentance is turning from your sin and turning from yourself and turning to a Savior. It's trusting completely upon Jesus. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, you and your sins must separate, or you and your God will never come together. No one sin may you keep. They must all be given up. Now, I'm not saying you got to uh, stop sinning before you get saved. I'm saying that you must realize that you're a sinner, and in need of a Savior, you must come poor in spirit, seeking forgiveness from Jesus Christ. And so you must come with a repentant heart, and, and you must come with a surrendered heart. You can't be saved by adding Jesus Christ to your religious activities. Salvation is not an addition to your life. It's a transformation of your life. Jesus says you must be born again. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Listen, if you think you're a Christian, but there's no sign of obedience in your life, there's no transformation of your life, and listen, you're on the wrong road. If Christ hasn't changed you, he ain't saved you. But listen to me. Jesus says in verse 13, enter by the narrow gate. Uh, I looked that word up. It's an aorist imperative. It it carries a sense of urgency. It demands action right now. Jesus says, enter now. Some translate it that way. Enter now. Come now. I, I want you to hear that this morning. Jesus is saying, this is the time to enter. And so hear the call of the Savior this morning. It's it's not an option. It's a command. Enter. Enter now. Do, do you hear his voice this morning that says, come and enter now this way? And if some of you have been paying a little more attention recently. In this Maybe you have this question, how do I know if I'm a cultural Christian? How do I know if I'm a genuine Christian? Let let me try to answer that before we close. It was just a a few questions to consider in regards to your salvation. The first question is, do I have a present trust in Christ for salvation? Do I have a present trust in Christ for salvation? I I believe that we should be a lot more concerned about our present faith in Christ as opposed to being able to recite something that happened twenty years ago at Bible school or revival or That's important, but we've got to have a present faith. Paul told uh, the Colossians, they'll be saved on the last day, Colossians one twenty three. if you, indeed, you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes, in the language there is whoever continues believing, Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So do I today trust in Christ to forgive my sins and to take me without blame with him forever? Do I today believe that? Do I have confidence in my heart that he has saved me? Now I talk to people sometimes and they say something to the effect, I I don't feel like I'm saved. Listen, assurance of salvation isn't a matter of whether or not you feel like it. We have to look to the scriptures. It's it's not about our feelings. We all have days where we feel like I I, I don't the way I acted, the way I said that. The way I our feelings change sometimes. R. A. Torrey wrote a, a book to new Christians, and he said we may feel forgiven or we may not feel forgiven, but that does not matter. It's not a question of what we feel, but what God says. And so let's see what God says. First John five thirteen. It says, you, you who believe." What do we believe? We believe that Jesus was God. We believe that, that Jesus came to this earth and that he lived a sinless life and he went to the cross and on the cross he bore our sins and paid the penalty for our sins and that he died and on the third day he arose again. Those who believe, you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And so the Bible says that Christians can know, that Christians can have confidence that they have eternal life Listen, you don't have to go through life wondering or get. There'd be no peace in that. And so we can know. The second question is, is there evidence? Is there evidence of a regenerating work of the Holy Spirit in my life? Is there evidence? And I've got to be a little bit careful here. Uh, Romans 8, 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. So the Spirit wants to bear witness in us. The Spirit wants us to know that we're children of God. And, and so in addition... If the Holy Spirit is genuinely at work in our lives, he will produce the kind of character traits that Paul mentions in Galatians 5.22. He calls it the fruit of the Spirit. You, you know what it is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They're all to be the manifestation of that fruit in our lives. That That's the evidence, church. Now, if you're still there in Matthew 11, look up a few verses, in, in verse 16, or look at verse 16, you will recognize them by their fruits. Verse 17 says, "So er, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased trees bear bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit." Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Now, we're not called to be judges. But we are to be fruit inspectors. And we should be concerned about those who call themselves Christians and they continue to bear bad fruit. We we have to deal with what Jesus said. He said a good tree, a healthy tree is going to bear good fruit. Bad tree is going to bear bad fruit. There are lots of scriptures. You could look to 1 John. There are lots of scriptures that says as believers, we're called to a life of obedience. We're to abide in Christ. We're to love our brothers. There's lots of evidence of our salvation. And so we've got to be concerned about our present faith, and we've got to be concerned about our present evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And let me give you one more question. Do I see a pattern of growth in my Christian life? Do I see a pattern of growth? None of us is where we want to be. But do I see a pattern of growth in my spiritual life? Second Peter 1.10 says, Therefore, brothers, brothers and sisters, it could be, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. And so that makes us wonder, what qualities he's talking about? We'll look back to verse 5. For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, with virtue, knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with worldly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Do you see a pattern of spiritual growth in your life. Listen, church, there's only one way to heaven, one road. Get on that road and you must come through Jesus because he's the way. John 10, 9, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, you'll be saved. And so, would you like to get on the narrow road to heaven today? While the doors still open, and we're going to have a time of commitment this morning, and you, you got to answer the question. Now, the question is not which way did you, what road were you on when you came in. That doesn't matter, does it? The question is what road you're going to be on when you leave. And there's two roads. There's a wide road that leads to destruction, and many are on that road. We can't water that down. Many are on that road. find it this morning if you're not on it now. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you might uh, shine the light to the narrow road. Lord, I pray that anyone that's here this morning that's listening, who's on the broad road that leads to hell, I pray that they'd be warned. I, I pray that their eyes would be opened. I pray that they would see your light shining to the gate, the door, which is Jesus, and I I pray this morning they'd hear your voice, they'd hear you say enter, and I pray they'd go through Jesus this morning, turning from their sins and believing upon Jesus, Lord, we would get so excited about that, and Lord, give them ears to hear that, that voice, that invitation this morning, I pray, save some, I pray. So throw out the the lifeline this morning and save someone. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand? You know, Joshua said, "Choose you this day who you'll serve." Me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord, and and so I lay before you this morning two gates and two doors and two ways and two roads, and and you choose. I want you to get on the narrow road that leads to life. And I want you to know how. Turn from your sins, turn from yourself, and turn to Jesus. Here's the voice. L- listen, I, I believe the Savior is inviting some today. He's saying the door is open. That's what, that's John 10, 9. I'm the door. Anyone who comes in will be saved. And so Jesus stands at the door this morning, and he he says, enter there's an invitation. Now you've you got to decide. Are you going to stay on the broad road that leads to destruction, or are you going to come to Jesus? You know that, that door won't always be open. I mean, there's going to be a day when Jesus is coming back, and it'll be too late. But today, the door's open, and I want to invite you to come through Jesus. Hey, listen, you, you might be here this morning, and you might say, well, everybody else thinks I'm already on that Listen, It do not matter what anybody else thinks. It don't. The Spirit's Spirits told you today you're on the broad road that leads to destruction, then here's the invitation. Come to the narrow gate because it's open. And Jesus invites you. You respond this morning.
2: Just as I am,
0: so much for coming out this morning. Well, I'm tangled up now. Here we go. Here we go. I should be trained by now, shouldn't I? Thank you for coming out this morning, and I just want to encourage you to go out there and share the good news. Um, we, we don't want one of the reasons that few are on the road that leads to life to be because we haven't shared the gospel. And so let me encourage you to be talking about the gospel, uh, continue to pray for your one, and, and look for opportunities to talk to them about Jesus. Uh, invite them um, even to a movie on Saturday night, Overcomer. It, it's going to share the gospel. And so maybe you can invite a friend to, to join us for a movie and, and hear the gospel that way. I'll be there. And uh, if someone wants to talk about following Jesus, I'd I'd love to talk to them on Saturday night even. And uh, I, I'll i be in the back if someone wants to talk about their relationship with Jesus. And uh want to invite you to a Bible study group. Uh, we have a, a bunch of them at 9.30. I, I'll be with the, the high schoolers today, and uh, you can join me. Today we're going to talk about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, and Danny's talking about Revelation, and uh, we got lots of other teachers, but we could find you a, a Bible study if, if that's something that you're interested in. I uh, hope you'll join us. Uh, can you pray for Penny. She'll be in the hospital for a few more days. And uh, pray for Jim Miller. He goes to see the oncologist on Friday, Dave, and... Danny's dead. He's going to have to do some more things. So, Danny, won't you pray for us? And thank I you. will.
1: Um, let's pray together. Lord, we just uh, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to come into your house and worship. Lord, we just um, we just thank you for the promise that Jesus came and died for us to save us from, from things that, that we couldn't save ourselves from. Lord, we can't earn our way in, and we can't just be good people. Lord, we just have to go through Jesus, and we thank you for that. We thank you for, for that promise. Lord, just uh, continue to bless this church and and just keep us continuing forward during these times, Lord, and and, uh, we just pray for our nation and pray for the world as as this virus is going on and the election's happening and all of the things that you get kind of inundated with, Lord, we just ask that you just come in and give us some peace about that. Lord, just help us to go through the week and, and tell somebody about Jesus. It's in his name we pray.